0: At the we can just at the you, yeah, so, yeah, we're not going to somebody's house and hanging out on their couch, right? No. <laughs> we going to their tent and hanging out on a, on a, on a stump. <laughs> That's what the Lord does. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are already here. We thank you for how you've ministered to us through the testimony, mm-hmm. uh, the poem, the worship, uh, the fellowship that we have had. We just thank you so much for what you're already doing, and we pray that the message will just be um, like you know the icing on the cake, that it just continues to edify what you've already done, that complements what you're already doing amongst us. I pray the message will complement what the Lord is doing in our own hearts. Lord, we all have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and it is speaking to us, and there are things that are happening, and we need you, Lord. So we just ask that this message will just complement how you're speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so it's good to see Sherry here. I was thinking, I almost knocked on your door yesterday. I could have? Okay, would you have had warm coffee or hot coffee? (laughs) Hot chocolate? Oh, man, we're all coming over. Yeah, and it's uh, good to see John and Grace coming again. You know, thank you guys. We're praying for you. We have some ideas up our sleeve. And then it's good to see Seth is here with a friend, right? Josh. Hi, Josh. And Peter. Peter's here with another friend, not Josh. (laughs) So it's good to have everybody here. Oh, yeah, and... Adam, okay. Nice to see you, Adam. Are you a friend of theirs? Yeah, my from college. Whoops. Okay. Yeah. So you're friends, right? Yeah, from college, yeah. Okay. Not anymore, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. Friendships can be conditional, you know? (laughs) Gary and I are friends, you know. Not from college. What? Which Gary? Yeah, which Gary? Oh, Lord. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one Gary, two Garys. There's actually one Gary missing today, you know. Yeah, well, that, he was just the first time was last week. I don't think he'll come. Yeah, where is Gary Meadows? Well, I mean, you're supposed to know, Mark. Oh, I do, I do call people, you know. I do call people. If you give me your phone number, you better believe you're getting a text phone call. Coffee, pizza, whatever, you know. Hey, so I feel like we got to pray again, you know. I feel like I've been joking around too much. So Genesis chapter 50. You know, last week we talked a lot about forgiveness, and I think this is a great uh, concept for us to understand. Because uh, the, the Christian, like, the basis of our life as a believer is really the forgiveness that God has given us, right? And this is interesting. We're going to see this in Genesis chapter 50, but we're going to see... How we relate to God is dependent on how we understand God's forgiveness. Because if we don't understand God's forgiveness the way he has designed forgiveness, then the way we relate to God is going to be based on our understanding of what forgiveness really is. Okay? So we're going to pick on Brian because he's in the front row here. And he did a good job worshiping, so now we can pick on him, okay? (laughs) Okay? So, you know, let's imagine that there is something between Brian and I. And I I feel in my heart because I heard from one of the Garys that he said I wasn't a cool guy. So now every time that I see Brian, how am I going to relate to him? In the back of my mind, I have this thought that somebody said that Gary said or that Brian said that, you know, I am not a cool guy and I have some problems in my life. So now every time I see him... Maybe I have a hard time making eye contact. Maybe I have a hard time talking to him. Maybe, and this is like the same thing in the the way that we relate to God. If I don't understand what God has said in his scriptures, you know, and you're going to begin to hear some words uh, from this pulpit and from this ministry a lot. The words like doctrine, you know, the word doctrine means how God thinks. Okay. So we are concerned about how God thinks, so we look through the scriptures and we find beginning in Genesis all the way through until Revelation on how God thinks about one idea. This one idea. And we learn that and it gets ingrained in our life. And that begins to help us in per- imperfection still because we're humans. But it helps us to understand how God thinks. And then I'm relating to God in a new way. I don't have to go to God and like, you know, look at him in the eyes and kind of go down like this and then look up, look down real quick, and be afraid. Because I know the character of my Savior. So today we're going to look at forgiveness. So Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 15, all the way through 21, okay? It says now Joseph, Joseph's brothers, saw that their father was dead. They said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and will automatically repay us for the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespasses of the servants of God. Of your father, and Joseph wept when he spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save my people, Alive, many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and comfort them and spoke kindly to them. Now, one more verse Matthew chapter 10. Now, this is the story the first time that Jesus sends out his disciples. I hear this quoted a lot, you know, Matthew 10. Jesus sent out his disciples, don't take a purse, right? Don't take a sword, don't take a cloak. Only go to those that are of Israel, right? But this was like their first mission trip. Because later on, he tells his disciples to go and to pack a sword, (laughs) pack a cloak, pack money. And he says, go everywhere. So Matthew chapter 10 Verses 7 and 8, it says, As you go, so we were doing yesterday, preach saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. This is amazing. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Now listen to this freely you receive, freely give. You know, last week we talked a lot about the law of forgiveness, that was our title. Uh, If we were to give the message a title today, the title would be The Finality of Forgiveness. Because when we think about forgiveness, one thing we said last week about forgiveness is that there is a moral law of forgiveness in society. And this is where society believes that it is our moral obligation to forgive others. But even though that I am morally obligated to forgive somebody, I still have the ability and the capacity to retain resentment for somebody. Meaning, he called me something. We're picking up Brian again because he's in the front row. That's what you get. Okay. <laughs> you know, but you, know, you said something against me and I say verbally, I forgive you. But somewhere in my heart, there is still that pain that I have not dealt with. So as believers, we could say, if I say verbally, I forgive you, and I act as if everything's okay, but in my soul, in my heart, there is still resentment towards you, is that really forgiveness? And it's not, actually. That's not biblical forgiveness. But we said in moral society, and you know, this is what Peter was trying to appeal to Jesus When he said, Father, you know, Jesus, should I forgive them seven times? He's saying, should I forgive them morally? Because in my life, I can morally forgive somebody. It is easy. Lip service is easy. It is easy to put an act on. It is easy to do that. And it is easy in my own heart to retain that resentment. So when we look at this story in Genesis chapter 50, what do we see? we see that the brothers were thinking that Joseph simply forgave them because of moral forgiveness. Now this is amazing. I mean, this is, this is really amazing. So they thought because Joseph's father was alive, they were forgiven. That's what they thought very simply because of my father's authority and the way that the social structure is in the Middle East. You know, the way that is, therefore Joseph has forgiven me, but now it says in verse 15, our father is dead. This is what happens in our life. You know, look at this. Joseph's father was a covering for his sons, right? Joseph's father was a covering for his sons. But now, the covering is gone. What happens when the covering is gone? Everything is exposed. Everything is exposed. It is the same thing in our own lives. We try to apply moral forgiveness in our own life. And there is, we could say, that is a covering, it's a covering, and it works for a season. But what happens when that covering is gone? I am exposed again. I mean, Adam and Eve, how are those fig leaves working for you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, could you imagine making clothes out of, you know, clothes out of, out of fig leaves, you know? I mean, hello. Well. <laughs> I would just go to that end of the garden, you go to that end of the garden, and we'll make a phone call when we need to talk to each other. <laughs> Because, I mean, in reality, the the covering, it is not sustainable, is it? The only time that they had a sustainable covering is when the Lord sacrificed a lamb for them and made them a covering. It is the same thing in our lives. We try different things in our life as a covering to cover what? The evil which we have done. That's what the brothers are saying here. Here's the covering. He is gone. And now what is being said? What is being said is that Joseph is going to do two things. Number one is that he is going to hate us. He is going to hate us. I mean, let's be honest here. This is the body of Christ, isn't it? Are any of us worthy? We could say of hates. Now, this word for hates is means a couple of things. It means it could mean very simply to be loved less, right? <laughs> like we could line each other up and we could begin to weigh each other's good and bad deeds. And then what could we say? I love you more. I love you less. You know, in China when I was living there, you know, when we would do street evangelism, it was very funny because relationships in China are always based on what are you going to do for me in the future? (laughs) So when I, as a foreigner, go and sit to somebody that I don't even know on the streets and I begin to talk to them, the first thing they say is, what do you want? Because they think I want something from them and my relationship with them can help them, but more importantly, their relationship with me can help me in society. So if I am basing my relationships like this, I love you more, I love you less, why? Because you can help me in my life, and you cannot. Actually, maybe I love you less because you drag me down. But the word hate could also mean this. It means that I, it can go as far as I dislike you greatly. And that is exactly what Joseph's brothers were afraid of. Not that they would be loved less, Because they never thought that Joseph loved them. They thought it was lip service. They thought it was an action because the father was still alive. Because the covering was still there. So now the covering is gone. So they weren't worried about being loved or not. They were worried about being greatly disliked. They were worried about being hated in the eyes of Joseph. And it is sad today that people can come to church and that is actually their fear. Either in the eyes of God or in the body of Christ... Because it is at this place where we all come together and we're even, right? We're all equal. It's not you are greater because of what you do in the church. You play the piano or you preach or you make coffee and you come into church late so you are less. No, it doesn't matter what you do because we are all a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And we come to the cross of Christ. Yeah. We are equal. Amen. Yes. We are all saved by God, we are all saved by grace and we are all forgiven and we are all under the same covering. And I was like, I was sitting there thinking about this. this. This message could go two ways. You know, what is amazing is this. Our father is not going to die. Joseph's father died and the sinners, those that acted evil, were afraid because their covering died. But do you know what's? I mean, we could talk about finished work, the blood of Christ, our sins are gone. But very simply, even another step beyond that is that our Father is still alive. <laughs> our covering is sitting on a throne, our covering has all authority, and it cannot be taken away. Our sin cannot be exposed because it has been taken care of. But his brothers were afraid that they would be hated. And if they're hated, then that they would also be repaid. This word means to return back. This word to be hated means, I mean to repay, means to return back. You know, have anybody ever gone out to eat and you pay for the, the money, the bill, and you expect the others to pay you back, right? You know, now it's awesome because we have Venmo, Cash App, these other things on your phone. You know, everybody can just send you some money real quick and, you know, we go Dutch, AA, and everything's okay, right? This is what that word means, repay. You know, I give you $10. It goes back to that relationship that is based on what you can do for me. So if I like you, what am I expecting from you? You to add or you to turn back something in my relationship to help me to go above and beyond in the next part of my relationship. Maybe you could help me get a job. Maybe you could help me get my car fixed. Maybe you could do something for me. You know, that is the idea of repay, that you are going to do something for me to help me to become greater. But the brothers didn't think that. They were thinking that, that, that Joseph's going to repay what it says. It says evil for evil. This doesn't only include the action of Joseph being sold into slavery, because that was the one evil, right? I mean, there was all the verbal stuff. You know, but brothers do that, right? I mean, you guys fight, you talk, you you know, you wrestle, you know, things happen, things are said. But, you know, selling your brother into slavery, you know, don't think of that, guys, you know, the best family. (laughs) Where's Seth? Where'd he go? (laughs) Yeah, don't sell your brothers into slavery, I don't care how much you dislike them. Don't do it, okay? (laughs) You know, but I mean, that is what, that is the one action where he was sold into slavery. But this word has more, it includes more than the action of evil. But it has everything to do also with the emotional and spiritual pain that that evil caused him. Meaning he was sold into slavery. What pain did that bring him? What evil was that? the next step, right? He's a slave, and he's working hard in Potiphar's house, and then another evil happens to him. I mean, that is actually, this word is saying that those evils Then he's put into prison, and then, you know, he is left there. All of these evils that are compounded, you know, I have fallen on Joseph's brothers. And Joseph's brothers are, that is saying, those are the evils. And now, that our covering is gone, we are going to experience ourselves evil. You know, I have been in church most of my life. My dad was a youth pastor. Uh, he became a pastor of church, you know, shortly after I entered into Bible school. And how many times, even as a believer, have you said, I understand God loves me, or God forgives But this he cannot. Right? That idea isn't theological, right? Because we can open our Bible and we can theologically uh, rebuke that thought. We can say God forgives. We can say God loves. We can say that I am a child of God. We can say and we can begin to quote positional truth despite my experience. But somehow, even knowing these truths in my life, that confession still comes out of my mouth. And that is exactly what happens to the brothers. Listen to what they said. Perhaps he will hate us and maybe they will repay us evil for which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph before before your father, saying, before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sin for the evil that they did. You know, did Joseph actually say that? I mean, Joseph's father say that? Or were they lying again? I don't, I don't remember the story, but I, I could imagine them... Being so paranoid about what's going to happen in their life that they say something that his father said, so that way he would lessen, lessen the persecution that they're going to receive. Now please forgive the trespasses of your servants, your God, your father and Joseph. Weley spoke to them. Then his brothers also went down, and what did they do? They fell down at his face and said, "Behold, we are your servants. Look at how the brothers began to relate to Joseph. There was fear, and there was this idea, like, we are your servants. Now, the Bible says we are servants of God. I understand that. But do you know what? The Bible also says that we are children of God. The Bible also says that we are kings and priests. The Bible also says that we are sons and daughters. The Bible has a lot to say about our relationship with God. You know what? It comes into a place in my life where I am so afraid and there is so much fear in my life because of something that I have done or something that I have experienced. And I go to the Father and I I come just like the prodigal son. Like, oh, well, maybe I could just be a servant. Maybe that's all. And that is all I expect. I just want to be, quote, unquote, saved from the evil that is destined to come upon me. And that is how I relate to God. And what I want to say today is like, when I relate to God that way, like as we are sitting here worshiping, there is no joy in my life. Because there is still fear in my life. Because I don't understand the finality of God's forgiveness. When Joseph saw his brothers and wept. When Joseph tricked his brothers and put one in prison. But when Joseph did all this, what did he do in the end? He forgave. He forgave his brothers. And let me ask, was that forgiveness a moral forgiveness? Was it a cultural moral forgiveness where they said, okay, we'll forgive, but as soon as my father is dead, I'm going to come with all the resentment. I'm coming after you. Or is the forgiveness that Joseph had final? It is the same thing in our own lives when we look at what Christ has done on the cross and in our life. The forgiveness that Christ has given, it is final and it is everlasting. And that's why I love Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. It says, freely you have received. Mm-hmm. That word freely, it means this. It means that God wasn't obligated to give you something. God isn't obligated to give you anything, but it is a gift, and he gives it. But also it says, the gift that he is given, this is also in the definition of freely, the gift that he has given also is not in vain. The gift that God has given us, it has authority, it has power, and there is nothing that I can do to earn that gift. That's what that word freely says. There is nothing that I can do to earn the gift, and the gift that God is giving me is not in vain, meaning that it has power, it has authority in my life. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I mean, if I'm the brothers here, I'm, I'm thinking like them, actually, probably. <laughs> shoot my dad's dead. what can we do to freely earn this gift of forgiveness from Joseph? I write a letter I go and grovel at his feet you know okay, what else could I do you know one's Christmas and you know, I can give some presents one's a birthday make sure I put a couple extra bucks in the in the birthday card you know I begin to become creative because I am thinking that I have to earn. Something that I am being given freely. And that word received, that's also a very important word because to receive could mean two things, you know. You know, I, I give you something and you take it. You know, when we go on outreach, we often can give a track. They take it. Okay, that's awesome. They received it. But there's another word that's even deeper. They take it, they read it, they think about it. They meditate what the track says. And then the word for this in the Greek is lambano, meaning that they take and they make it their own. When you have a conversation with somebody, they take the track, but they don't make it their own. But then you have a conversation with somebody and they make it their own. It is two very different things. So when Jesus says freely you have received means without any conditions With all authority, I have given you something, you have taken it, and you have made it your own. You have made this your own. That is what Jesus is saying in chapter, you know, Matthew 10, verse 8. You have taken something, and now it is yours. It is yours. It belongs to you. And it has authority, and it has power in your life. And here's the thing about forgiveness. Remember we said forgiveness last week is the, the deletion of a debt, right? Um, let, me, let me see my notes here somewhere. We've got less pages, so it helps. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, there is deliverance and there is liberty. The word, the word forgiveness means that now in my life, I have liberty and that that thing that debt that is there, that is stopping me from having a relationship. Like, I'm afraid to come and say hi to Brian because I owe him $10. And every time I see Brian, he says, you know, hey, that's $10? <laughs> like, I, you know, forgiveness means like that, that thing that is hindering my relationship with him, it is taken away. Okay? That is what forgiveness is. Whatever is hindering my relationship with God is taken away. The Bible says it's sin. But, I mean, that's a big word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anybody... Um, maybe we shouldn't start naming out sins that we've committed. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody here has murdered anybody, right? <laughs> that was a safe one. <laughs> hey, but do you know what? Even if, you know, in our heart, it's right. I mean, Jesus makes that very clear. But even if we did, the Bible makes it clear that there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. So even if I have done something so horrible, the thing is is that that thing is taken away. But most of us haven't done anything that bad. We would actually kind of go back to Peter and say the moral law is something that I am in the progress of actually process of actually accomplishing. I'm not doing too bad. I give money, I, I help the poor, you know I do this, I do that, I come to church. I'm okay but we asked somebody yesterday if you were to grade your relationship with God what grade would you give yourself you know we asked that question I mean, even me I'm like man I'm probably barely passing if I'm passing you know because there's something in my life that stops me from getting close to God why is that I don't know I mean it's our flesh right it's the world. It's the devil in our life. Like, that is there. But the thing is, is that we are Christ's disciples in Matthew chapter ten, and He says, "You have freely received something; it has become yours." What have you re- freely received? You have freely received forgiveness. And Jesus, actually, in the context here, He's even saying more: "You have freely received healing. You've f- freely received, you know. I mean, what what does He say?" You've he- been healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. These are some things that in your own life, Christ has done for you. So you go out and do it, and you don't do it for money. That's what he's saying there. Because you have see- received something, you- something has become yours, so much so that you can't go out and charge for it. See, so see, in our lives, this is like an interesting thing, on our ride Home last night, we're talking about forgiveness and how forgiveness is relational. See, sometimes we forget. Like, we're sitting here saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Like, we say that, right? We want God to forgive us. But you want know forgiveness is relational. Meaning, like, I have a relationship with God, so He is forgiving me, but also look at us here. We have a relationship with each other. So because forgiveness is relational, I have to say in my life, well, I've received forgiveness from God unconditionally. I've received something from God, and I have made that forgiveness my own. But making it my own is only experientially my truth when I actually give it out. Because if I am harboring resentment in my life, that means I haven't allowed God to completely heal me. Amen. Amen. And many believers today are in church and they are not allowing God because I mean you think about it. I mean, does God have authority? I mean, he can create the universe in 7 days. He creates everything 6 days. He creates everything. Jesus comes onto the earth and he's doing miracles. He's doing things Does God have authority in my life? Yes, he does. But the only condition, this is interesting, the only condition is that do I lambano it? Like, do I receive it? Do I make it my own? have I taken forgiveness? And is it like a Sunday school word that they're teaching over there maybe? Is it a simple Sunday school word? Well, you've done bad to me and I've done bad to you so I'm going to forgive you. No, this is something that is so final where where Joseph says, am I in the place of God? (laughs) That's what Joseph says. Am I in the place of God where I can say, you did evil against me so now I am going to be your judge. Because over and over and over, even David says, Lord, you are my judge. Lord, you are the judge. Judge them. He is the king of Israel. He also has authority where he could judge. It doesn't matter your position. It is not your place to judge others. It is your place to actually give forgiveness. It is your place to give forgiveness you know, take away what is hindering you in that relationship. Because if you give, as you have received, what you do is you make it possible for somebody to be free to receive from God. Now I wonder, maybe somebody isn't free today to receive from God because I haven't revealed forgiveness and I'm their judge. I'm in the place of God. See, Joseph understood something He understood the finality of God's forgiveness. He understood the big picture because he says, what God, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. You mean there, evil could happen in your life today and it could be good. That's why I'm very careful when I pray. I'm not praying that God pays my bills. I mean, I want my bills paid. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But do you know what? Something bad could happen to me. But it could be for the greater good. Uh, that's true. And you know what? That's and pain. when somebody does something bad to me, somebody fails me, I try to exhibit the character of God. Where I said, you know what? I'm not your judge. Because you know what? I maybe have hurt you. <laughs> you know what? This is amazing. Like, you know, We're planting a church. This is a new church. And thank you guys for being here. I pray you keep coming. But you know, one day, I'm going to hurt you. If I haven't already, I'm going to hurt you. I want to say something dumb. And I might say it over and over again. I might, it might be for six months where there's this thing happening inside of me. And, I, and you know what? What I want to receive is forgiveness. I want to receive forgiveness. I want to receive the grace I want you to be one of the people that in my life takes away that thing that is hindering us from having a relationship. Because the reason why I want, you know, and I'm saying that because it's going to happen someday. So I'm saying that because now that is the way I myself am going to act. I'm not going to run around and judge you for something you have done or did do in the past. You know, for one, because that's not the nature of God. That's not what I've received from God. And number two, that's not what I want to receive when I feel you. I want to receive forgiveness. You know, so I just love this thought. That freely we receive. Freely that we give. We've received something so great from God. And you guys are, you know. A giving church in this way, like you freely receive, you freely give. You do. But there is something being said here that in for- the forgiveness that God has given us, that it is final. It is the absolute denominator in my life, in my walk with God, that there is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And when I walk out of here today, I walk out forgiven. When I read my Bible, I read it forgiven. When I fail, I, you know, we're talking about it the other day. I need to learn how to fail well. <laughs> you ever think about that? Wow. Like when I fall, you know, you learn to fall in a certain way so you don't break your arm, right? Anybody ever go snowboarding and break your arm? No. Yeah. This, well, maybe you are taught how to fall, right? We went snowboarding, you know, this was, actually I just got a thing on my phone. Seven years ago we went snowboarding with a Korean youth group. And they... Um, They were snowboarding, and one kid, he falls wrong and breaks his wrist, you know? So in our own Christian walk, you know, are we going to fail? Yes, we're going to fail. But we learn to fail in a way where we can rebound. You shoot the basketball, and you miss. What do you do? You run. You get to rebound. It's the same thing in our walk with God. It's not, you know, about perfection. God isn't like... I want you to be the best version of you. I want you to be perfect. God is not saying that today. What God is saying is that I want to have a walk with you. And I want you to freely receive something that I am giving. I want you to freely receive. And if this becomes my habits, what happens in my life? I am free indeed. <laughs> the sun sets free. is free indeed. Didn't you mention that, Adam, the other day? Yeah, I am free well, how do I know that I'm free? Because of what I've received from God. Amen. So if I'm not free, if I'm in bondage in my life, then the reason why I'm in bondage is because I haven't put myself in a place where I can receive something from God. You know. So in my life, am I receiving from God? You know. And the answer is yes. I mean, you guys are here. Hopefully we can see something today. <laughs> if you didn't, you know. It's okay, I did. It's all good. Right? <laughs> I always tell our, my Bible college class, you know, I'm I'm here and, and I, I hope you're listening and receiving, but if you don't, it's okay. Because I enjoy preaching to you guys. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, right? It's like we receive from God after we have our coffee and we have fellowship, we're going to receive from each other. We're gonna receive God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you have given. We are so thankful for forgiveness. And we think, like Joseph, the finality of forgiveness. Forgiveness in our life is the absolute common denominator. And the reason why that I am even walking today is because I have been forgiven by God. And it cannot be taken away. We are so thankful, Lord, that you have forgiven us. And you have taken away that debt. That we had to pay and we couldn't pay. I love that song. Yeah. You you paid a debt that we could not pay. And you know, and, and you took it away, Lord. You took that away. And now we can stand before you in the Holy of Holies, the mercy seat, and it says that we're there and we are boldly at the throne of grace. We are there and we are there boldly. How can we be so bold? We're human. Only the high priest can go in there once a year. No, no, we are there now as new covenant believers. And we are there in boldness very simply because you have given us forgiveness. And we receive it, Father. We receive the forgiveness and we run to you and we curl up in your arms and we say, Abba. Abba. Thank we thank you so much for today. and it's blessed. Our last song, bless our fellowship after. In Jesus' name, amen.